Did you know that we're exposed to thousands of commercial messages every day? And are you aware that consumers tend to trust what influencers say about brands much more than what brands say about themselves? When brands need to cut through the noise and reach consumers, influencer channels offer an unrivaled space to create genuine, meaningful dialogue and connect directly with consumers on their terms. Welcome to Influencer Marketing Talks, a podcast brought to you by Cure Media, a leading influencer marketing company for fashion brands. This is your weekly podcast to understand more about influencer marketing and why it's such a powerful channel when it comes to building trust in your target group. Every Wednesday, we'll cover topics such as how to build a successful influencer marketing strategy, how to measure the effects, the role of influencer marketing in the overall media mix, and of course, the latest trends and insights on what's up in the influencer marketing and social media sphere. And we know you're busy, so every episode is right around 15 minutes. Perfect to tune into on your morning walk, during your morning routine, or on your way to and from work. Join us and our expert guests to stay up to date and take your marketing strategy to the next level with influencer marketing. The world's fastest growing marketing method. I'm Sana Oudmark. And I'm Frida Ekholm. And this is Influencer Marketing Talks. Welcome to Influencer Marketing Talks, brought to you by Cure Media, the leading influencer marketing company for fashion brands. I'm Sana Oudmark, Head of Marketing at Cure Media, and in this week's episode we have the awarded author, speaker and assistant professor at Stockholm School of Economics, Erik Modig, in the studio. We will talk about why rethinking and re-evaluating your brand is more important than ever, and how you find the right balance between long-term strategic brand building and tactical sales activations. Hi, Eric, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Great to have you here. I'm really enthusiastic to be here. Thank Sounds you so much. Great. Before we deep dive into today's topic, could you give us a brief background of who you are and what you do? Well, so I work as a researcher at Stockholm School of Economics uh, with focus on both marketing communication and uh, especially sort of customer psychology. So why do we make the decisions we make, which, of course, leads that I research everything that leads to sort of growth, uh, which also means that I focus a lot on sales activation, but also on branding. So it's more about sort of how can we analyze what companies should do in order to grow and and uh, and especially then from a consumer per, uh, customer perspective sort of how how mm. do we influence decision making interesting and i can recommend the listeners to read your book on effective communication bang for the buck yeah and also the english version will be released really really soon it has been uh, corona delayed nobody wants uh, to launch a book during like corona but now eventually eventually we will we will uh, publish it nice so in today's topic, we will talk about branding and the COVID-19 pandemic really changed the world as we know it. Both book releases and a lot of things were delayed and changed. And in this new or 
next normality, it seems more important than ever for businesses to have a strong and differentiated brand and to work with the brand. Is this true, would you say? And if so, why? Um, I, w- I would say uh, the last part there, to really work with your brand, is really important because we know that in periods of uncertainty, people start to question both strong brands and uh, some weak brands, but people tend to question the relationships they are in and the buying habits they have, which means that if our brand work as sort of a, a signal or, or something that... Uh, motivates people to purchase us, they will question that, which means that we need to look at our brand and see, okay, uh, are we actually communicating the right way? Are we still relevant? And I also say, when it comes to strong brands, I would also say that, do we have a liked brand or is it just well-known? I would say a strong brand could mean that we are really well-known. However, are we really that liked? If we're not that liked or relevant or interested or, or people that that the customers really love us, then of course more and more people during a pandemic or during any crisis can actually start to question this relationship they have with our brand. And then we really need to uh, stay focused on what, how, how to stay relevant uh, with our customers. Interesting. Would you say that many companies tend to focus less on the branding in these times or uh, what does it look like out there? Since a crisis usually, for, for the majority of business, it means lower business or the worst business, which means that you still have your, your budgets, you still have your, your sales goals. And then, of course, it's tempting to focus more on tactical uh, sales activities. So we see that the budget is definitely under attack from, mm. from being moved to more sales-driven activities. However, my experience is that all brands or all companies understand that branding is more important than ever, but still they want to move everything to sales. And that's, of course, a natural sort of consequence of a crisis. Quick wins. Yeah, exactly. And if we look on research on this, it's actually not that beneficial to move things to, to sales activities during a crisis because there's usually not that much you can do about it. If you're losing your sales, it's just like go going for an extra discount or for an extra, extra offer, etc., that might help a little bit, but not to the full full, full extent. Mm. So then it's actually better, has previous crisis shown us, to invest in your brand, build strong relationship and say like, okay, we will not sell that much right now. And this will hurt a little bit. You know, we're spending money on brand, being relevant, building new customer relationship, and they're not buying our product. For sure. But we see that after the crisis, the sort of the bonds you've made with new customers during a crisis will be much stronger. And in then good times or when we are recovering, that will lead to to much, much better results. So the brands that are proactive and are willing to invest in their brand actually have a, a much better position afterwards. Mm. But of course, that is a really tough decision to, to make. But uh, when I s- talk with some brand owners that are really sort of Good in this, they say, well, don't waste a good crisis, as we (laughs) usually, uh, it's a saying with those being proactive, sort of, okay, we have a crisis, but for uh, a strong company, that usually means that more customers are sort of abandoning their current relationship, which means that strong brand can can invest in them and actually take over them, which Mm. means that they will probably build profitability afterwards. But of course, I have the full respect of, of... it's really, really tough to make those decisions. It is. But I mean, during crises like this, I mean, there are a lot of breakups and separations, all both in like couples and relationships, but also with brands, as you mentioned. 
Yeah, and and of course that that is really sad, but if it opens up uh, possibilities for for other brands to to uh, get those customers, build those client relationships, etc. And that is also what we should show that the the brands that that stay proactive, stay customer focused, and increase sort of the reach, n- reaching new customers, new segments, actually have uh, a much more favorable position mm-hmm. after the crisis, and that tends to stay that way. Right. And if we talk about branding these days, what would you say are the key things B2C brands need to consider when it comes to brand building activities? Maybe it's possible to give some sort of quick checklist, like this is the things you need to have in place, then you can stop investing in the brand. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Never stop investing in the <laughs> brand, but stop investing in developing the brand, I would say, because you always need to to stay relevant. But there are some things that if you have them in place, you can just repeat it over and over again. So the first thing is value proposition. So what's the the real value we offer to our customers? Uh, Sit down and write that down. So so it's a very, very good sort of uh, copy edited uh, saying this is how we create value. That's the first thing. Second thing I would say is distinct brand elements. And that means that when you build a brand, you have a lot of different elements. Logo, uh, company name, uh, company color, the design, the fonts, uh, the look and feel. In digital marketing, we know that we have a lot of cheap, short exposures. So it's it's much cheaper to get impressions, but they're really short. They're like one, two, three, four seconds, which means that that brand name, logo, design, symbol, slogan has to be really, really distinct, meaning that it has to stand out from competition. So all exposures that we are investing in will actually build memories. So that's the second step. So value proposition, meaning that we can sort of say, we we give you this. And, and usually when you go to companies, it lacks a little bit in their homepage. It's a little bit f- more focused on attributes, sort of what they are selling, not the value they are creating for customers. And let's start more talking about we are solving these problems or we are offering you these feelings, etc. Yes. And then the distinct brand elements is, is number two. And this is from priority, sort of. If you have fixed value proposition, then go to distinct brand elements. On an even three, it's, it's brand position, sort of key key uh, benefits, key associations to build, personality, uh, and also sort of the experience, sort of, sort of how should we communicate this, the more, more, more how, the feeling we want to communicate. And then on, on four, uh, I would say brand purpose. That's a little bit lower than a lot of, of other reports saying that purpose is the most important yeah, thing to drive. Yeah, I would say, I mean, that's like number one thing in many trend reports for yeah. 2021. Yeah. Why is it a number four in your list? Because it doesn't drive sales that much. If you, if you look, it's, it's hardly any brand where it's like, they're purpose driven. They are beating competition. And I was like, which one? And then say, ah, Patagonia. And I was like, no. Patagonia is losing to North Face and a lot of other brands. I, I don't understand why you always take that as a, as a super example. And a lot of these purpose-driven brands are actually not beating competition. So, and, and what we see also is that customers say that purpose is important, but they actually buy based on a value proposition or, or, or that brand position. Mm-hmm. So, of course, a purpose is really important to stay focused internally, motivate employees and have a direction for your marketing. But it's it's actually the value proposition 
distinct brand elements so much, much more important. Uh, because we have low involvement customers, not that many people. In marketing, in this industry, we think that people are so involved. So we write the purpose that it takes 20 seconds to learn. But we never have 20 seconds exposure. If you look at the media budgets people have, they have a lot of one, two, three, four, five seconds. And then I explain your purpose in five seconds. Mm. And then say, ah, it's, it's not possible. You have to read this text for a minute. And I say, but, but sort of 95% of your exposures to customers are below six seconds. Why are you focusing so much on purpose and not brand elements? Which would be the, the only thing, sort of building distinct brand elements would be the thing that you can actually send over in, mm. in that short of a time or have a clear value proposition and also brand position. So, yeah. so that's why I put it on fourth. Interesting. But I assume like the purpose is important if you are into storytelling and those types of strategies on, for example, social media and different platforms. Well, it, it could be nice to fill social media with a lot of these things, but I'm quite sort of connected and it should inspire your value proposition. But if you want to drive growth, uh, you have to have a value proposition. So, so, of course, you can use it to influence your social media and, and write these stories and that will get you interested, likes, shares and people sort of interact with you. And that's great because then you build a traffic then you then later can convert. Yeah. But only building that traffic doesn't lead you the whole way. So I would say sort of do that, but only when you have the value proposition and the b- distinct brand elements in place, then you go for the purpose. Because purpose would be sort of reaching new people that are not that interested or people that are really interested in, in a specific thing. Mm. But if you have, if you do that and you don't have a clear value proposition, you build this sort of reach and this traffic, but it doesn't end anywhere. And if you don't have a brand, distinct brand elements, you also build a lot of traffic, but people say, yeah, this was a really cool story. Who was it for? Mm, sorry, I don't remember. Maybe it was, uh, and then they named the market leader. Mm. So sort of, I would say that purpose is great, especially in social media uh, for, for this sort of engagement. But yeah. uh, to translate that engagement into money, value proposition and brand elements. Great. So go for a strong value proposition and strong brand elements. And one of the industries that is seeing a significant disruption right now is the retail sector. And a recent report from IBM shows that COVID-19 accelerated a digital e-commerce shift from physical to online shopping by five years. That's crazy much. What's extra important, would you say, for e-commerce companies today in order to stand out in this crowded online space? Everyone is shifting to the digital. How do you create the value proposition to stand out? Uh, I, I think first of all, you have they have to decide their their sort of marketing strategy. Sort of how are we going to win customers? Because you cannot do everything. You cannot do a little bit discounting, a little bit low margin, a little bit high margin, a little bit personal exp- experience, a little bit. You you have to decide. Either you're sort of low cost, low margin. You will win based on huge amount of traffic reach. Uh, and data analytics capability, so you can really be targeted towards your customers. That's one game you can win in. Mm. The other one is that, okay, we will build uh, a premium position with unique uh, things, sort of things that we sell that nobody else sells, and we try to build a personal experience that separates us from others. And you have to choose there. Uh, I think brands, 
comes to me and says, we, we have problems with our margins. And I'm like, yeah, I look at your site. You're just doing discounting and retargeting. Of course, yeah. you have problems with your prices. And then you have prob- come people with, with the premium brands uh, saying that, well, we have, have trouble with this and this. And I said, yeah, that's because you, you're choosing that game. You cannot both eat the cookie and still have it. You have to choose. And I think uh, this uh, development has led that more and more people have moved into to e-commerce. And I think that has sort of raised the bar on competition. So you have to choose here. And, and it will be tough for, for both strategies. But I think the, the one who will fail is the one who, who hasn't chosen which one of these uh, they're going to, to choose. There's no golden middle way, you say. Exactly. I, I think that that will be really, really hard. And finally, finding the right balance between sales and brand building activities seems to be one of the number one challenging among CMOs today. How would you say that you can find the right balance and synergies between long-term strategic brand building and the tactical short-term activations? How do you mix them? Yeah, for, first of all, going back to the previous questions, that it depends a lot on, on which sort of marketing strategy you have. Is it, bra- is it sort of brand building premium? Then premium brand, uh, high margins, then of course branding becomes essential of your, your marketing. So then you really need to defend your premium position. And if that is under threat, you mean that people lose their willingness to pay, then you really have to invest in branding. However, if it's uh, low margin, reach, budget, low cost, then of course you don't have the same challenge because then you don't have uh, a premium position to defend, which means that you can sort of lower brand investments to a high degree. And then it's just sort of uh, monitoring that you don't uh, feel too low budget or, or, or low quality or untrustworthiness. So then it's just sort of manage minimum investment because it's it's low cost. You, you cannot spend that much. And then you just make sure that you have trustworthiness and, and being perceived as an okay brand and that the quality of your products. And, and that would be how to manage the brand investment. If you then have a premium brand, of course, it's harder because, um, mainly because it's hard to measure willingness to pay. That's, that's the, the hard part. So I would see that you have to look at sales and see which different sort of products are actually selling. Uh, what kind of conversion rates do we have? Do we have sort of uh, reasonable conversion rates or is it so low that uh, it seems to be that we are actually not having customers coming to our site that are not willing to pay the prices we have? Then we need to probably invest in the brand. And of course, you can see people who abandon your brand uh, or abandon your your um, their cart or something like that or abandon your homepage, try to make a sort of a pop-up question, sort of why did you leave? And then if you have sort of it was perceived too expensive or it was perceived to to be uh, etc. or something like that, mm. then you then you probably think, okay, or, or have a checklist like there are better alternatives. Then you realize that, ah, okay, there's something, there is a problem with our, our sort of value offer here. So then we need to invest in brands. So I would say that the solution to finding the right balance is, uh, first of all, look at your marketing strategy. Secondly, is how is actually sales going? If sales is going good, then you don't have to invest that much in brand. You have you can remove it, especially if you have a premium position or a sort of a, but but you can lower it as long as it, it goes well and it nothing harms, harms sales. But when, okay, sales are starting to decline. Uh, or customers are starting to feel that ah uh, they're a little bit too expensive, then you need to increase. So I would always sort of build uh, brand investment on on sales figures, and when sale has hard to sell, then move it to branding. And this is of course mm. the 
the really dilemma in marketing because it's like if if sales is going good, uh, then we don't have to to build brand right now, but then we might need to to invest in the future, etc. Yeah, so it's like having back problems. You don't go to you don't think about that kind of problems before you actually have problems. Exactly. Yeah. So so sometimes when you see the problem, it's you're already too late. Yeah. And and that's of course uh, the difficulty. So so then to be sort of early on in in understanding how relevant will we be uh, next quarter and, mm. and, and in six months. And a good question I usually ask brands when they have this uh, question is that I ask them, how good are your products the next six months? So do you have good products or are they not that good? Uh, and that will, of course, help them a little bit. Yeah, and maybe many think they have great products, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that's a problem, of course, yeah. that we think. Is it possible to say, I mean, this old marketing rule, 60% branding, 40% sales uh, activities, is it possible to say a general rule for that? Or is it totally depending, as you say, on the cut category or context it, it, it's 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 always dependent on on the category and, and context and and that has been quite clear from Benny and field in, in the beginning saying mm. that um, uh, you have to shift depending on, on which category you're in uh, however what they see is that if we go into digital um, we need to invest even more or not we don't need to invest it's beneficial for the ones who invest more in branding compared to the other ones so sort of if they look at long-term uh, effect, um, you you tend to be more profitable over a long period of time if you invest in branding. And since we go into digital, as I said, this being a brand that really stands out um, compared to competitor becomes even more important because when you had physical retailing, you had a lot of customers just going there because it was location, location, location. Sort of yeah. that, that was the rule in retailing. <laughs> location, location, location. But now there is no location. And and how can you then make sure you have... have uh, uh, reach your customers well then it's recognition awareness and familiarity and that's mm. brand so so yeah. we Makes moved sense. into branding to a higher degree and, and that's also what what um and field data show that uh sort of going into digital we need to invest even more in branding so what would you say are the main rules of budgeting well first of all if sales go really well then you can lower your 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 overall budget in, in marketing investment because sales is going good then you can save those money until you really need it however if sales are really going good and you see that this will continue it's actually better to spend the time to invest in brand building so that you sort of build um, uh, an insurance for the future so if sales going good lower your budget focusing on brand building when sales is going bad, then you have to increase your budget and then focus a little bit more on sales so you really get that sales going. And you also have budget then to also invest in brands, sort of invest in crisis. That's uh, sort of the, the, um, the, the main rule. And then, of course, how to balance short or long term, depending a little bit on how good are your products right here, right now, and how does it actually look uh, in, um, in, in the future. So never stop investing in your brand. Exactly. And of course, seeing brand investments and as long-term sales investments. So, so, so you don't invest in a brand just to invest in a brand. You invest in a brand so that sales will become easy even next quarter and even in six months or even two years from now. So always invest in your sales. Greatly put. Thank you so much, Eric, for visiting the podcast today and sharing your insights. Thank you so much for letting me be here. 
Very interesting. And where can the listeners find you if 15 minutes wasn't enough or yeah. 20 minutes? Connect on LinkedIn. Away. That's usually the best part. I, I, I don't have time for, for other social media, so I'm only, only focusing on LinkedIn. So, But, but yeah. please uh, add me on LinkedIn. That's a, a really great way. And I, I try to post a lot of things there. Nice. Perfect. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.